Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. It's Europa League preview time. We got Jimmy Conrad with his betting tips and analysis. Aaron West joins us to discuss a lot, a lot about Arsenal and what's going on over there. Perhaps the Europa League is a sense of escapism for them. We're going to talk Premier League teams and the team to watch out for to maybe go for a long, long run. Stay right here because the show begins right now. Welcome to Que Golasso, the show that never stops. Never, never, never stops. We got my friend, my brother, Jimmy Conrad, Europa League time, betting tips, easy money, maybe some wagering money. Jimmy, how are you, bud? Yeah, I'm just here to make sure that people win so they can buy extra gifts for their family during the holidays. I mean, that's that's, that's essentially my, my main role in life. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> You're like the California Santa Claus. Uh, That's with, it. With I love it. I love it, Jimmy. Well, listen, let's get straight into it. Europa League, obviously, we know how busy it is, uh, how crazy it is, so many matches. But you have laid for us here some great, great, great value in certain games and teams. Why don't you start us off? Okay. I'm going to start you guys off. And as always, I like to give you some context. So it makes a little bit of sense as to why I'm leaning a certain way on, on a certain wager. I'm going to start with Leicester to go to Ukraine and beat Zoria. And both teams to score. That's plus 215. Now, Zoria has only won once at home all season. So Leicester's already like in the driver's seat with that alone. But, but what I do like about both teams to score, you're probably thinking, well, how's Zoria going to score? Well, they're coming off the two back-to-back -to -back three to zero wins. One was in the Europa League last match day against Ake. Athens and they're and, and I just feel like they're starting to round into some decent form and I think they'll figure it out they're an eighth in the Ukrainian league right now so they've got some work to do on in both competitions Leicester are on the back end of a three-game winless streak they've given up eight goals in these last three games and they lost the Fulham at home which honestly Luis I don't know how you want to slice it that is unacceptable Fulham is trash okay with all due respect to all you Fulham fans out there. And I know a lot of my friends used to play for Fulham, so they got a special place in my heart. But still, they're not very good this season. And for Leicester to do that is honestly pretty unacceptable. I think they're going to rebound here. They're starting to get some players back into the team. Uh, if you wanted to maybe go Ilianacho to score, Leicester to win both teams to score, that's plus 333. Ilianacho has been more of a connector, I would say, in this competition. Very dangerous, but more of a connector than actually hitting the back of the net. So I wanted to stay away from that a little bit, but I think Leicester to win both teams to score plus 215 is very good. And as I said, Leicester's been leaking the goals. They might go to a back four. They've been in a back three for a while. Ricardo Pereira comes back into the team, one of the best right backs in the league last year. So there's a lot of different options here. I think Leicester will figure it out, and this will be a nice way for them to bounce back and kind of get back on track. Yeah, that's a good one. It's a good start. And listen, Leicester City, as you mentioned, you know, trying to just remove themselves from this rod. And they will see probably the likes of uh, Pereira and Didi making their comebacks. But also, because they're allowed to put 12 players on the bench, they're actually bringing uh, a lot of their under-23 stars. And some of them are really intriguing, actually. The youngest player on the list is 16-year-old centre-back Ben Nelson, who started uh, the club's last five matches in the Premier League two 
in the Premier League too. And if he was to play, that would be he, would become, he would become City's fifth youngest player ever and the youngest since Ashley Chambers in 20, uh, 2005. The other one, by the way, is uh, this guy called Shane Flynn, a 19-year-old Irish left-sided uh, player who joined from Bray Wanderers two seasons ago. He was named in the Guardian's next generation list. So there's a lot of really young, talented players. But to your point, Brendan Rodgers just wants to remove himself from this rot because he's such a believer in momentum. And he just yeah, wants to get yeah. that win. I know, and I'm glad you brought up the young players because – I think the silver lining with all their injuries and trying to figure out what their best lineup is. I mean, similar to Liverpool in a lot of different ways that they, they have to play their young players. And because of that, they're starting to see some revelations. Not only the, the guys you named, but Wesley Fofana, the 19 year old Frenchman has been playing a uh, center back and doing very well. James Justin, the 22 year old Englishman, the Luke Thomas, a uh, 19 year old coming from the Academy. I mean, they have some guys that are getting valuable minutes and I expect one or two or all three of these guys to start in this game. And they should be right. They've already gotten control of the group. They're going to get through to the knockout rounds. Um, they don't need much. I think maybe just the point to get through to confirm it for sure. The top spot, but, but Anyway, I, I, I like what Lester's building. I like what Brendan Rodgers is doing. They weren't going to maintain that pace they were on to start the season, especially when Jamie Vardy's going to be hurt, who's really their linchpin. But uh, with regard to this game in particular, they should do the business. But I wouldn't sleep on Zoria. I think, I think they're going to they're gonna score one or two. Yep, yep. Excellent. Let's move on. What's next? So I'm going to go to Lask versus Tottenham because this is a really interesting game for me. Tottenham have already, well, no, they still got a little bit of work to do uh, with regard to their group. I think they just need a draw and a little bit of help. But if they just get the win here, they're going to be fine. I'm staying away from the result, all things considered, because they're playing the North London Derby on the weekend. So I don't really know who's going to start. Harry Kane, uh, Vinicius, uh, both didn't train uh, leading up to this game. So I don't even know if they're going to be there. I think the Vinicius one really hurts because he would usually start in this situation. So it looks like him and son might, might get the minutes. It's really unknown. And obviously with Jose Mourinho, he's always playing games in the media about who he's going to start and who he's not. However, Lucas Mora has been starting every single Europa League game, and he's been a super sub for them in the Premier League. I expect that to, to be the same. Lucas Mora has scored in three of the four so far match days in the Europa League. He scored against Lask the last time they played. I like him to score anytime plus 170. I think that's some really good value. They're going to get opportunities on goal no matter who's playing because Spurs do have that quality within their team. And, and I really like that one a little bit. I, I just ultimately want to stay away from the result because I just don't know how much Tottenham's going to put into this because they know they have big Premier League games over the next two weeks. But most specifically, if they can stomp on Arsenal when Arsenal's down and feeling sad for themselves, they're going to do it, right? So I think they're going to want to roll out a 100% team uh, this upcoming weekend and maybe to save it, even to the last match day, even if they lost this one, they're still in complete control and can get the result on the last match day and book their ticket to the knockout rounds. Yeah, Jesse Mourinho has the advantage and the pleasure of having a pretty deep squad. Like, but yes, granted, the the striking position is one to worry about. And you would say, you would think that Lucas Moda would take full advantage as the rest of the attacking uh, midfield behind those strikers. Let's move on. Let's move on because I feel like there's a parlay coming. No, there is. It's the parlay parlay. Now, I'm not a fan of betting the under. But I do look at the trends, Luis. You know, I'm looking at what's happening. And I think you're a hip guy. You're a hip guy. I, that's what I do. And, and uh, on match day five in particular, I think, get, I think things get a little bit tighter because now it's very clear what the results have to be. Uh, some of the teams at the top just have to hold on, maybe just get a draw to, to book their ticket. You know, and there's a lot of different things going on. And you can't maybe take as much risk that you could have made earlier in the group stage. So I got Roma versus Young Boys. Uh, and the under on this, and Azed Alkmar and Napoli on the under. And I'm going to explain to you guys uh, really quick why. I'm going to start with Azed 
versus Napoli. Napoli are coming off a 4-0 win against Roma on the weekend. Obviously very emotional with their tributes to Diego Maradona and all that. I think they're going to be a little bit of an emotional letdown going into this one. They're on top of their group. They've got nine points. Real Sociedad has seven and Azed Alkmar has seven as well. If you guys remember on match day one, Azed went to Napoli and got the 1-0 result. Okay, now they're coming back. They're coming into Holland to try to get revenge. In every single game, Napoli uh, lost 1-0 in the first one. They won 1-0 against Real Sociedad on match day two. Like everything outside of Rijeka, who everybody should beat. They're like kind of the, the bottom feeders in this group who have zero points, by the way. They beat them 2-1 and 2-0. They weren't really necessarily running away with it. I think this one's going to be tight. Real Sociedad take on Rijeka. They're probably going to win that one. But Azed knows that they can just get a draw on this one. Then they have a chance against, uh, to, to, against Rijeka on, on the last match day to really get those three points and move it and give them an opportunity. So uh, it's going to be a really tight one. I think it's just going to be the under two and a half is the line. Now, with regard to Roma, Roma... They lost, as I said, 4-0 on the weekend. And I feel like if you're a manager of a club and you get your ass slapped on the weekend, you're thinking, okay, we just gave up a ton of goals. How are we going to tighten things up? You're, you're actually worried less about the attack for the moment and worried about your team shape and how you're going to do it. And I think there's going to be a real withdrawal on maybe being too – because they're still in it. I mean, they're uh, – excuse me. I need to look at their group really quick. But but they're in a good, a good spot as well. To They're already – actually, excuse me, they've already won. Uh, their group. Let me take a look. Yeah, Hold they're on. done. Roma is looking good. The thing Hold on, uh, I need to find that. Where is Roma's group? As you're looking for Roma, the one thing that I was going to say about Napoli is like, I think that's a really good point about the fact that when, when you have so much emotion carrying over your shoulders over somebody like Diego Maradona leaving, a, a legend, of course, of not just the club, but the city, then you have to reconfigure yourself once again, yeah. not physically, but mentally. So this were and they're away, right? right so that right. could be a tricky one. Let's go back to Roma. Yeah, sorry about that, everybody. I had it queued up, but I, but I clicked on the wrong tab, but I appreciate it. That's good insight, too, about uh, Napoli. Roma are on top of 10 points. Uh, young boys who they're playing are on seven. And here's what I find interesting and why I'm going with the under on this. Uh, young boys have only conceded once in their last five games away from home. And Roma are unbeaten at home all season and have kept four consecutive clean sheets. So I don't know. I feel like a zero zeros on the cards or one zero. So I like the under uh, in both of these, these two games for those reasons that I explained. And um, I think that's going to pay pretty well. It's like a plus 331. Again, I'm not a a super guy on the under stuff, but, but there is a lot there. If I'm being a little scientist and wear my scientist gear, you know, my little lab coat and working through all the, all the things that I'm seeing and the trends and all the stats, this is what it's, 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 it's pushing out for me. So I got, I got those two and, and I, I, I think that'll, I think it'll hit. Absolutely. I love it. I love it. Uh, and finally, one more, maybe the shock, 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 shock of the day. Dude, I don't know. We need a jingle for that. Shock of the day for sure. I just gave you one. Shock, I, well, that's shock, true. Shock, we, shock. Well, then we need to, can we cut and save that for the, for the, uh, for we'll the ask our time. producer Brad to add like some thunder and lightning. That'd be amazing. And then be amazing. Shock, shock, shock of the day. That's, that's K Galasso 2.0. I think we, we, uh, that's a 2021 thing. I think 2020 is just like, it is what it is in 2020. This game is really interesting for me. Um, Rapid Vienna, and I'm going to say this, my shock of the day is Rapid Vienna to beat Arsenal at the Emirates, plus 600. I thought about a draw, and that's more than possible. I could see Arsenal winning. But Arsenal doesn't need to win this game. Uh, they, they've, they've clinched the top spot in the group. They're going to play a lot of their young players. Where I'm going with this is that when they play their young players only, for the most part, if you guys remember, match day one in Vienna – they were down 1-0, uh, 
until the 70th minute when they made subs. Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang came on. Hector Bellerin came on. They brought on some experience. They end up scoring two goals after they get those guys on the field, and they end up winning two to one. I think Vienna comes away from that saying, we can beat these guys. We, 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 we know we can beat them. We made mistakes that we think we can correct, and we have the quality to do it, especially if Arsenal's going to roll out a younger team because they've already handled those players, and they're already familiar with them. Also, you have to take into consideration, like I said about Spurs, Arsenal have a big, big game in the North London Derby. They are in it right now. And for them, and if I'm Mikel Arteta and I'm the manager of Arsenal, I'm thinking, what's the best way for me to get out of this rut that we're in? We talked about Leicester being in a rut. And that would be to beat Spurs who are on top of the table. Your biggest rival, who are having one of the best starts of the season in, in recent seasons or recent years for the most part and feeling pretty good in multiple competitions. If you could do that, that could really be a springboard to Arsenal kind of finding their feet again and really getting it on their way and giving them that confidence. If they're not ready for that game or if they roll out like a because they're trying to chase a game they don't need to win and they don't need to win this game, but Vienna does. Because Vienna's on six points, Molda's on six points, Molda's playing Dundalk, and Dundalk have lost all four. So Molda should get the, the full points. Vienna need the full points here to, to, to really have a chance. And so for whatever reason, this is my big shock of the day. I could see Rapid Vienna winning this one. I think they have the quality to do so anyway, especially with a lesser Arsenal team. Arsenal, for me, is their full focus is really on the weekend. So there's a lot of elements here that I think this could happen. And I don't know if it – I mean, obviously, I'm feeling pretty good about it. But, but uh, I don't know. Nicola Pepe – I just don't know who's going to start, really, for Arsenal. And that's kind of the issue, too. But if Nicola Pepe has been fantastic in this competition, so I could see him coming on just because he's a little upset about how things are going for him, you know, just kind of take it out on, on rapid Vienna. But I really like uh, this, this, the odds here are really good. And I like the value. Yeah. The only thing that I would counter to is I feel like Mikel Arteta just for the sake of confidence, uh, just wants a win for his squad, but great point, but you made me go to your side when you said that rapid Vienna needs it, needs this win. Europa. They need it more than Arsenal does. Uh, and that, to me, is the biggest factor. And by the way, this game is the first game in the Premier League where you'll see some fans. A yeah, maximum of uh, 2,000 supporters will enter the Emirates. Whether that makes any kind of impact, who knows, for either team, to be honest mm -hmm. with you. Mm -hmm. But it's a good sha 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 day. <laughs> Jimmy Conrad, before we say goodbye to you, any final thoughts from Europa, any team, anything as we're beginning to really wrap the group stages here? Yeah, there's there's one player in particular that I think people should take uh, and pay attention to. His name is uh, Danielle Mullen from PSV Eindhoven. I was really looking at him to score. Uh, he scored in three straight games. They're playing against Granada. You know, that 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 group is a little bit in the balance. I think PSV have to go get it in Spain, and, and he's been a big reason why. I really like his game in general, 21-year-old. I think he's got a bright future, number nine up top for them. Where's the number nine shirt? So, so keep an eye out for him if you're looking for something a little bit different. I also like Lille versus Sparta Prague in the draw here, plus 400. Lille, for whatever reason, dominates people away from home, but they come back to France and like they, they can't get it done. Uh, they even they even they even drew a Celtic who are poor right now uh, at, at in France as well. That's plus 400. There's some good value there. And then AC Milan does play Celtic. They're in Italy for this one. Again, it's hard to know what the lineups are going to be, but I like AC Milan to maybe win both halves. That's plus 230. Uh, Celtic are just Neil Lennon, the manager of Celtic, is is in trouble. And and if he continues to to play the way they're playing, I don't know how much longer he has in the job. But if you're looking for a particular player to maybe do well, I got Brahim Diaz. Uh, the loanee from Real Madrid to score anytime plus 110. Uh, he's done well in this competition so far, and uh, I really like his game. I think he's got a bright future. Love it. You have so much information here, everybody, from Jimmy Conrad, and he will be back as we recap 
Wednesday's Champions League action as well. So much more to come. Jimmy Conrad, always good to have you. Thank you so much, brother. Oh, I love being here. Thank you, Luis. You're the man. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Welcome back, everybody, to Que Golazo. Oh, man, I'm excited because once again, I promised you that the last time he was here, it wasn't just going to be the last time. He's always going to be here. I love this man. AW, Aaron West. What's up, buddy? Mira tu español. ¿Cómo estás, compadre? We will stop there because we will lose listeners. Uh, <laughs> They're like, no. hey, wait, 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 wait. I thought this was an English language show. What happened? What happened? <laughs> They're going to straight up cut me. I'll lose my job. And then I'll be asking Aaron. We for don't it. want that. We don't want that. <laughs> Aaron, it's great to have you again. How are you, my friend? How's life? I am good, man. I am living. I'm living. Uh, Arsenal life is not great, but everything else is pretty good. <laughs> well, it's a great segue, Aaron. Uh, let's talk about your Gunners. Um, let's focus. I mean, obviously, we're going to be talking about the fact that they're uh, hosting Rapid Veen. And from a you know, crowd perspective, it's pretty historic. They'll be the first Premier League team to welcome back fans at the Emirates, a maximum of 2,000 supporters you might hear, might see as Arsenal uh, welcome Rapid Veen. And I feel, Aaron, that the Europa League, because we'll get into the, you know, the overall you know, season for the Gunners, but the, the Europa League, I feel, feels a little bit of escapism. At least that's somewhere where they're looking good and all they need is a point from these last two matches to make it through. How are you feeling about Arsenal? Let's focus specifically right now about Europa. What are you expecting? Uh, for me, Europa is really just kind of like, it's about getting some of these youngsters time and getting them experience in like important matches like Europa we've seen I think in a, a, a lot of like teams like they kind of use Europa in kind of a rebuilding era they like make a deep run in Europa kind of find out a little bit about yourself as a team like you get to use that squad depth that might not necessarily be used in league matches uh, so I think for me it's really really about like learning and getting that experience and hopefully not getting injured uh, but yeah I like I don't necessarily I would like to see them make a decent run because uh, I think that's important for for the squad, for like mentality, for like learning how to be a winner. But I don't like I, I'm not going to sit here and be like, yeah, I want the Europa League trophy so bad. Like I'm not going to lie to you. I just I think it's important for experience. And I think any anytime you're winning, it's it's good. Like you need to win. So that's that's what it is for me, to be honest. 
yeah. I, I see your point. But I bet you, though, Aaron, if, like, you know, they make it to the knockout stage, which they should, they only need a point, then you see in the semifinals, maybe they're getting closer and closer. Maybe you might want that Europa League title a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. And that's, that's for sure. Like, you, that's, especially then, that's when you, like, those are the moments when players, especially young players, like, learn how that, like, extra edge that it takes to win, that extra bit of concept concentration the extra bit of focus and that like when you win a trophy like that it just it adds to your experience as a player so so much uh i'm sitting here talking like i've like won a bunch of trophies as a player but i've been writing about it and watching it for a long time but I, it really is so important for players when they do well in these cup competitions to like learn about themselves as players yeah no i absolutely agree and one thing as you mentioned is giving youngsters a, a chance in this arsenal system and something that I've been talking about for a long time since especially since Mikel Arteta arrived is that you know your academy is so good it's so good and it's a great chance for us to see because I'm feeling like you'll see in Kataya uh, Nelson of course uh, Maitland Niles all these players that are hopefully gonna you know uh, do a little bit more in Europe is there is there one player specifically that you're looking for to to just continue to develop especially as we look to 2021 I mean, I think the obvious name is Saka. Like, Bukayo is just, like, he just is a joy to watch. Like, he looks like a child. He looks so young. Uh, he's got so much energy on the pitch. He's got so much quality. He's so versatile. Um, I think, like, he, the sky is the limit for that kid. Uh, the the academy, Arsenal's academy is is insane. It's incredible. It's, I, I think it's kind of a shame it hasn't been utilized more and better in in recent years. But I think that trend is changing slowly but surely and we're starting to see some of these these kids get a real chance in the team but yeah for sure for me it's, it's Bukayo Saka I really really like him uh I, I actually I really like Maitland Nas I was really I was I thought that we might see him leave this year and I was really disappointed and really upset like preemptively but he stayed I want to see him get some more time uh but yeah I I really really like a lot of these young guys it, it's just we need to put more quality around them so they're they're not like when you when you have young players like that, they have to be they can't be the end all be all. Uh, and, and I think that that's that's kind of the case a lot of times right now. OK, so let's now talk about the overall picture. What's going on over there? Mikel Arteta was going to meant to arrive and give an identity. Uh, you have seen it in sparks. I think you've seen it in moments. You definitely see a system that wants to be played. But Aubameyang just does not look like the player that he once was. And it's kind of weird for me to even say that. Um, there's so many inconsistencies, I think, both in the midfield and up front. Lacazette as well. Like, what's going on, man? Especially now as Tottenham coming around the corner in the North London derby. Yeah, I think right now what, what we're kind of seeing is a team kind of caught in between a rock and a hard place. Like, one of the thing, biggest things I think Arteta wanted to do when he came in is like shore up that defense. The it's been so leaky for so long, even uh, for for years, honestly. And I think you kind of saw that mindset, that that line of thinking when they chose probably Thomas Partey over uh, Hussein Awar. Um, and I think probably what they needed was both of them. They needed to Partey for that defensive solidity to to kind of. And you've seen it, like they've 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 tightened up a lot. Like the back line is, is a lot more solid than it's ever been. The organization is there. Like you see them communicating, you see them uh, sitting in sometimes and actually like holding leads. But the, the flip side of that is that they've sacrificed it on the attacking end. There's not much creativity and 
because there's not that creativity there and and the the chances haven't really come and Aubameyang is really like he's like a three chance striker like he needs probably three chances to score a goal he's not like and you you got to say it like a Harry Kane like you give him a chance he scores uh Aubameyang needs a little bit more freedom a little bit more open play to to really be to get the chances to that he needs to score Lacazette has been off for a while so I think the fact that it's been so much more solid defensively and haven't created as many chances is really hurting Aubameyang specifically and the team overall because we just don't have the quality we don't have a player who if we're sitting in and tight and just trying to not uh, concede chances we don't really have a player that when we get that one chance is going to tuck it away and have a one nil victory or a two one victory so I think we're kind of and we don't really have a player who's going to unlock that defense right now uh, I think they're kind of leaning on Ceballos to be that guy but he might not be that guy but I think if you have a Partey and an Alwar, even though Partey has been injured like then you have both the defensive solidity and someone who is able to score goals unlock defenses and probably we're going to need a clinical striker as well. So honestly, there's a lot of work that needs to be done. You kind of can see what Arteta is trying to do. Uh, but it's just he's I think he's in a di very difficult position because the, the personnel he has is set up for a specific way of playing. And I don't necessarily know if Aubameyang. It, it was very like we were all super happy when he signed his contract. But now we're like, damn it, uh, this might have been a bad idea. <laughs> Yes. Oh. <laughs> you bring some really good points. A lot of good points. I'll just I'll highlight a few. The first one is on Obama Young. I feel that another issue, and it's a really good point that you made about he needs more than just one chance. He's not a Harry Kane. He's not a Jamie Vardy. He's not even a Mohamed Salah, right? You just give him an inch and he'll take a mile kind of player. I think the problem, though, as well, is that he shouldn't be a number nine positional striker for Arsenal because the moment you put him there, he, his back faces the goal. Aubameyang loves to run at you. He loves to like dribble towards you. He, he's kind of like both a really good attacker and an inverted and outside winger. Like he just loves to, he faces you and he's like, he's done. And also he loves to turn and curl in. If he has his back towards goal, it kind of nullifies all of that. And the first instinct that he has to do is either hold it or give it to somebody. So that's a really good point. I'll tell you another point that you made about the creative player, somebody that can unlock a defense. Danny Ceballos may not be one. Uh, you know, he's a very good player, obviously, but they might need something more. You know, we had Fabrizio Romano, Aaron, uh, earlier this week, and he said the one team to watch out for in the January transfer window is Arsenal. And they're going to be aggressively looking at Dominic Schlobberschlei from RB Salzburg. Who's I was about to say that name. That he, like, that kid, and fantastic pronunciation, by the way. I always love your pronunciation. Uh, but, I like, always get it right, by the way. <laughs> the Irish keeper for Liverpool yesterday? Oh, my God, I totally messed that up. So Kevin, Kevin Egan had to call me up and draw an audio about how I did it. Oh, no. That's never what you want to get the phone ringing for yeah. <laughs> He's like, Luis, I love you, but no. It's Queveen, apparently. Queveen. <laughs> okay. I didn't even try it yesterday. Yeah, yeah, me neither. But anyway, back to Schlobberschlein to, to make your point. Um, yeah, I, th I think he is exactly like the type of player Arsenal should be targeting. Like, Young has made a bit of a name on the European stage, but like has a ton of potential. We've seen what he can do. Uh, yeah, I would love to see Soboschlai. Soboschlai? That's it. Uh, I would love to see him at Arsenal. Because uh, I'm I, Hungarian and I'm saying, yeah, that's fine. 
Um, I would have loved to see who's tomorrow, but I are. But I understand how finances work. I understand that we're not playing a video game. Like so, these things you have to make a certain decision and move forward. So I, I, I see like the bigger picture of what Arsenal and Arteta is trying to do. And I'm, I'm especially like now. I'm a patient person. I'm not with the like chop and change constantly. Like I, I, I especially because I see. Again, I, I like keep harking on this. I can like see what Arteta is trying to do, and I think if he has like two or three more pieces for this team, I, I think it'll make sense. And honestly, I, it disappoints me, but I think if Alexander Lacazette was playing better right now, everything would be different because yeah. it would take a lot of the pressure off Aubameyang. Uh, Lacazette at his best is the perfect partner for Aubameyang because he can hold the ball up. He can kind of drop a little bit deeper with his back to goal and lay the ball off. And he is when he's at his best. He is a, a like a one chance and finish it striker. But he's been off for months now for uh, over a year now. So it's it's tough, man. It's like he lost his hairline and lost all his power. Like he went full Samson on us. That unlike LeBron disappeared <laughs> and, and with it all the goal scoring the uh, the hold up play everything just went away man you could just see the light go out of his eyes when that ball patch appeared <laughs> that, that's too good you just shave the whole thing then just you know time. it's time to come home man i guarantee if he came just, on home he'd score like three goals in the next four games yeah yeah no i love it i love it so hear that go to the barber and just shave it all and you make oh, another good point like barber dude he can pick it himself he's doing <laughs> Just get those uh, those real cheap Gillette razors and just go all out. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like, like I said, it's a little too. He's too. He's, he's too holding pride. on. He's holding he's on. Pride. He's got too much pride. It's real. I understand. Like I'm not bald yet, uh, but if that ever gets to that point, if I ever like, if you guys ever see me out here and like you can see the crown of my head, it's time to come home. Just tell me. Just, just come home. It's time. <laughs> I'm enjoying well, the head of hair while I have it, but when it's gone, it's gone, man. It's it's gone. <laughs> Let's hope for the sake of everybody that your beautiful hair stays because you have a small head. I don't know what that would look like. Dude, I've been I'm bald kind of... before, so I, I, I am. I thank God I am okay. Uh, I'm okay with it. But like, yeah, I like my hair, man. <laughs> okay, good. Well, I'm fine with being bald and shaving it because I have the head the size of Saturn, so it's fine. It just like fits everything. <laughs> also, if I shave my head, I just become a hat man again. I, I just don't That's shave. it, baby. That's, That's it. it. <laughs> H-A-T till I die. Uh, listen, here's a question for you. January transfer window. We're talking Dominic Slavoslai. Uh, Fabrizio Romano said that they're going to aggressively go for it. Another really important part is to have somebody that unlocks those defenses. Christian Eriksen is leaving Inter Milan. I know he's a former Tottenham man. I'll take him immediately. Would you? Without question. Yeah. Oh, like that. I on love Christian Eriksen. I'm on record. Like you can type Oeste Eriksen. And it's just like, I want him on my team. I wish he wasn't a Spurs player. Every time I watch him play for Spurs, I get mad because he's good and he's not on my team. <laughs> so Eriksen. Then it was even worse because you probably know I hate Inter Milan. I'm sorry, Inter Milan fans out there. I hate your team. Yeah, your 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 Juve your Juve the most to the other team that I hate the most, and it like it wrenched my soul. But <laughs> I don't have to see him play for Inter because Conte hates him, so it's it works for me. It works perfectly. I know your Juve allegiance reminds me of that, of course. And listen, like he's only twenty eight. Like we're talking about him, like he's thirty two. Pace. He's never used pace in his life. It doesn't. It's like he can be good until he's thirty five. 
Yeah. Just, I, yes, I would take Christian Erickson before you ask the question. Yes. <laughs> so there you go. It's all done. And also, he, and you know, it might be a loan with an option to buy. You never know. But I think he's the kind of player that he already knows the Premier League. He knows Arsenal very well of playing against them. Perfect. Perfectly fit, I think. I would pee my pants if Christian Erickson and Samuel Schley over right. the same window. Hey, we're recording this. So hey, I need to fine, see this fine. live. <laughs> go behind a tree. Oh, do whatever you got to do. In this house, I will pee them really quickly, change, shower, and then it'll be done. It's fine. <laughs> All right. I'm recording this and I want to make sure that we can put it on TikTok, on Loop. We'll story it. I love it. All right. When we come back, a quick drop and we'll talk with Aaron about the rest of the Premier League teams in the Europa League. And also, if he has a favorite team to go all the way. Stay right here. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, during the break, Aaron West did pee his pants, by the way, and I did record it. Uh, but I'm not going to share it because he's my boy and I don't, I don't want to do that. Let's move on, Aaron. Let's talk about the other Premier League teams uh, in Europa. Uh, both looking good, Tottenham, Leicester. Who out of those two, or, I mean, include Arsenal as well, would you say has the chance to go the furthest? Try and remove your Arsenal bias out of this. I know that it's hard for me when there I talk about no Villa, bias. but out of those three, who would you say? There's no bias. Honestly, if I would tier them. I would say probably Spurs, Leicester, Arsenal. Um, I think Leicester are a better team right now. I, I think Brendan Rodgers is a fantastic manager and they put together such a good team. That project over at Leicester is like, it's like a dream to watch what they're doing. Like, it's so good. They're, the way they're signing, the way they bring players through, everything is great over there. Um, so I would say Leicester have a very, very good shot at winning it. Spurs, obviously, like they have Mourinho. They have added depth. Um, I hate it. I hate it so much. I hate everything they're doing. Uh, I was hoping that Mourinho would be like a destabilizing force over there and like just rot them from within. And it looked like it from the start, but he's like really seemed like he's coalesced that, that dressing room. I thought like him freezing out Dele Ali would be the end. Wrong, wrong. Uh, no, but they seem like they, they have good depth finally, which was always the issue with Spurs. Um, they, they finally have depth. They finally have a manager that seems like he knows what he's doing. They seem like they have belief in that dressing room. They've got uh, a lot of really quality players. They're not even like playing Gareth Bale. He's like just golfing and chilling like on ice until they're ready for him. Uh, so I think Spurs are, are really, really poised for a deep run. Leicester, I, I, I don't, uh, it, just to be frank, like I don't believe in Arsenal for them to be like real, real contenders. Uh, I think they can make a deep run, but legitimate contenders I would consider Spurs and Leicester. Yeah, I think uh, something that Mauricio Pochettino wish he had is depth. And that's exactly what Jose Mourinho has with Tottenham. And to your point about Leicester City, it's just a tremendous product, despite obviously the shock loss against Fulham. Thanks for ruining my fantasy, Jamie Vardy. Um, I think that Leicester City still has a really good chance as well. But I'm with you. I think I, I would go with exactly that same type of line. I think Tottenham has the furthest run with Leicester City and Arsenal going through. Finally, Aaron, removing ourselves from Premier League teams. Uh, I think I know the answer to this, but maybe not. Uh, who would be the one team that you would say, if you were to pick right now, this is the team that I think has the best chance of winning the whole thing. Who is it? Honestly, it might be a surprise to you. I'm going to go with BIL. I think Dijerao has been really surprised this year. I like really like them. I think adding Dani Parejo has been like fantastic for them. Gerard Moreno has been really, really good. They have like a, a really exciting attack. Uh, and I've watched them a good bit this year and they like, I think they could do it, honestly. Um, yeah, I really think Bijarao could do it. And it's surprising because it's an Unai Emery side, right? <laughs> <laughs> the, the irony, it just comes right? full circle, doesn't full it? Circle. 
circle for me. <laughs> Full circle. Hey, Villarreal against Arsenal. Wouldn't that be fun? That would that would be really interesting, and I don't think I'd enjoy it. <laughs> I know I would. I just get you to tape it. Uh, and also, we have to take into consideration the teams that are coming, dropping down from the Champions League as well. Uh, that would be a very interesting thing to see once they calm down, because you know, Inter Milan back in down there. You you just you know, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. Yeah, dropping down, that could be another one. Yep. Absolutely. I think it's very, very, very good. Aaron West, before we say goodbye to you, any final thoughts? The the mic is yours, my friend. Anything that you want to bring up? Uh, I know that we, you know, we have enjoyed not just you here, but also, you know, your Champions League coverage is coming up as well in 2021. Anything that you want to bring up before we say goodbye? Uh, just keep a lookout. I'm working on a lot of stuff right now. <laughs> I've been trying to get settled in, but I'm working on a whole lot. Just keep your eyes out. <laughs> Our eyes, our ears, everything, man. We're always looking around. Aaron West, such a pleasure to have you, brother. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. My dude, always a pleasure. Hey, everybody. I want to thank Jimmy Conrad and Aaron West for joining me today. Don't forget to follow us on K Golasso Pod on Twitter. Listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. Leave a question. Leave a question with a rating and review on Apple Pods and we will get back to you. We promise. Stay with us because we come to you every single day with a lot, a lot of content. Thank you so much for listening. Enjoy the games. Enjoy your week. Should you ever set foot outside of the motel, you will be shot. Don't miss the new Showtime limited series based on the international bestseller. For the last four years, I've been a prisoner. Why are they keeping you here? Starring Emmy Award winner Ewan McGregor. This is the brave new world that you dreamt of. Be very careful. You are still a prisoner here. Everything in this new world comes at cost. This is still my country. A Gentleman in Moscow. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. Only with the Paramount Plus with Showtime plan.